Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 213, and today I am really excited to have my next guest on. And uh, what we're going to be talking about today is how and when to sell your products on Amazon Japan. And uh, we're going to go through the step-by-step process, something that I am not currently doing, but I'm very, very interested, especially after this conversation that I had with Nick Kemp. And he really broke everything down. Now, he emailed me and said, Scott, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I've been listening for a long time. I've uh, started on the Amazon US market or Amazon.com, and I've also been selling on Japan used to live in Japan, and I'll let him tell his story, but really interested me because he said he was having some pretty good success. He also shares a couple of the products that he had sold, some of them that had flopped, and uh, gonna talk a little bit about why he thinks that that happened and all that stuff. So it's a really, really good in-depth conversation about this whole Japan market as far as on Amazon. And I don't know about you, but in my account, I've been seeing inside of my seller's account, that is, I've been seeing advertisements in there in a sense where Amazon's trying to get me to list my products on Japan. And I've just always kind of shrugged it off and said, ah, not right now. Well, I got to be honest, there are some hoops to jump through, but Nick is going to break everything down, and I i got to be honest, it, it's really, really interesting, and it's got my wheels turning. A light bulb just kind of went on in my head. Now, I met a couple of other guys in uh, Denver that are actually selling across multiple uh, marketplaces, and that also interested me. So it's on my radar, definitely on my radar. Not sure if it's the right time for me right now, but... For those of you that are listening, that are thinking to themselves, you know what, this might be something I want to look into, you're going to want to listen to this interview, probably going to want to go and grab the show notes and the transcripts as well, because we talk a lot about step-by-step on what it takes, some of the hoops that you got to jump through, some of the obstacles that you could face, but also the opportunity that is there, and it's really an untapped market. Amazon wants to get more sellers in there. That's why you're you're probably seeing these different uh, things show up in your seller's account where uh, they They want to get you to start releasing your products there, and there's just a lot of advantages to it, and uh, like I said, I'm thinking about it, and I got my wheels turning. I'm just not sure if rate this second is a a good time, but you'll hear me talk on the interview with uh, Nick that I'm going to try to twist his arm and uh, press him a little bit to to help along with this and maybe even have him back on to break it down even deeper. Uh, So uh, yeah, I'm going to stop rambling now so you guys can... uh, uh, can, so you guys can listen to this interview that I did with him, this conversation. It wasn't even really an interview. It was really me just having a conversation with him. That's what I said. I want to just pick your brain a little bit about this topic. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. Before I do, though, let me remind you guys about the transcripts. I just mentioned them, but I should probably tell you where you get them, right? Theamazingseller.com forward slash 213. You'll find the show notes. You'll find any links. You'll also find the transcripts, which you can download if you prefer, or you can just read them on the blog as well. Again, that's theamazingseller.com com forward slash 213 and you can get everything there all right guys get ready because the light bulbs are going to start popping right here and nick is going to break down exactly how he is selling on both marketplaces and how you may want to do that as well so enjoy this conversation that i had with nick kemp well hey nick what's going on my friend how you doing man i'm doing great great to 
be chatting to you. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome, and I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, you you reached out to me and uh, uh, really fascinated me with some of your uh, some of your story. And uh, the big thing that I wanted to discuss today, and we can get people caught up, uh, you know, kind of like your ups and downs and stuff. But you're selling um, on or, or in the Japan market right now, or Amazon Japan right now, as well as the U.S. market, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So what I wanted to do is kind of hear more about that. I just kind of want to have that conversation with you. And it just happens that there's going to be, you know, a few thousand people listening to us. So, uh, you know, but I, I do want to just have that, con- not, not to make you nervous or anything, but I, I want to have this conversation as though we're just talking about this because I'm interested in this and it's, it's fascinating to me and it's not really talked about that, that much. So, um, you know, I want to hear, uh, really about that marketplace. And I also want to hear about how someone does it when they're not in that country, let's say, because you're selling uh-huh. in the U.S. and you're not in the U.S. currently, right? I mean, you lived in Japan for um, for how long? About 10 years on and off. And I, I'm ex- yeah, I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. So, so you're, in, not- you're in Australia now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I, I want to definitely dig into that. So why don't we just kind of get people caught up? I mean, real quick. I mean, we don't have to go into all of your backstory, but I mean, you're no yep. stranger to selling stuff online. You were selling stuff, I believe, and I'll let you explain it. But you were selling stuff, um, you know, basically teaching English in a sense, right? Yeah. So I, I did teach English in Japan, and kind of knew that wasn't really a great way to make money. I actually started my own school, and that was that was an eye opener. But then I realized I should make a product. And this is going back ten years ago. So it was initially it was a physical product. Okay. And it was it was quite big. It was about eight CDs. And we still sell that as a physical product, but also as a, a downloadable product now. Okay. And then when I returned to Melbourne, I really got into everything, you know, ebooks and membership sites and different niches. Um, but never never physical products. So I just thought it was um would be too hard, and the, I guess the e-commerce boom hadn't sort of happened um, yet, you know, and it's only really happened in the last, what, two or three years, I guess, mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where you see all these niche um, e-commerce sites and then, of course, um, Amazon. Yeah, well, you know, let, let, let's stop there for a second because yeah. you've you've got a, a very similar story to mine uh, as far as, like, you know, I kind of started uh, with a brick-and-mortar you know, started like uh, we weren't teaching, but we were actually, you know, doing photography and we were, uh, you know, taking on clients, you know, one on one. And, it, you know, it was a great business model. But then we also started hearing about this online stuff and people teaching. And this is going back, like you said, just about 10 years ago. So, you know, and then that opened our eyes up. And so you've learned a lot through that process, though, right? I mean, by selling products online and stuff. Yeah. So I thought I didn't have any issues with mindset or thinking it would be too hard, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give this a crack and see what happens. Sure. Um, but I mean, yeah, learning then, that marketing, I mean, now thinking to yourself going into the Amazon space, I'm just trying to get people kind of like that. Like you don't need that as your background, but it does help. And there's a lot of people listening that probably are saying like, okay, I've tried the Kindle books. I've tried, uh, you know, I've tried the ebook route. I've tried, you know, membership sites. I've done all of that stuff. And that stuff all does work by the way, right? It mm-hmm. does work um, extremely well, but the physical products, the reason what interested me, and I don't know, you maybe tell me if I'm wrong or maybe if, if if you have a different take on this, but for me, physical products wasn't interesting at the time unless I could have other people do the work. And then when I heard about FBA, that was kind of like the big aha for me because it was like a digital product in a sense. Yeah, for me, it was it was similar. I thought 
if I could do this in the States and it goes well, I could do it in Japan and, you know, you're not building out an, an entire website. You, you're doing a listing. You're driving traffic with their own sponsored products and it just seemed that aspect seemed really easy. The only the only hard part really is understanding a market and getting the right product mm. and making sure you you know your numbers so you're going to make a, a good net profit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's let's dig into yeah. what's the marketplace that you went into first. Was it did you go into Japan or did you go into the US? No, went went into the US and. That was uh, the first product was a, a disaster. Um, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> let's talk about that. So, so I was in. I, I kind of I thought if I if I, I thought if I'm going to do this, I'll start with a passion of mine first uh-huh. and just see how that goes. So it was guitar related, and um, I found this great product. It was really good, and it was um, g- a good price. Shipping wasn't too expensive, and I, I could sell it. I was selling it for about thirty-five dollars. Oh wow! Okay, good. Okay. And my first shipment, I didn't um, brand. I just thought let's let's get it on Amazon and see what happens. Sure. And I started getting sales, and then I started to brand, and then I made a. I'll just tell you what it is because I'm not selling it anymore. But it was a, a portable, a really small portable guitar stand okay and um yeah it was it was was doing okay it wasn't doing incredibly well but it was doing well enough to brand and have a really good um shot at it and and what is what is doing fairly well was it 10 units a day 15 units a day five units a day what what was about about five five okay and it was selling for 35 and I mean, how much are you how much are you private labeling that for? Like to Amazon? I mean, how much were you spending on that product? Just to give people an understanding. So I think all up it was about um, ten dollars. All, all my costs to, okay. to to pay to, to get it over there okay. fees, but my ads were converting incredibly well. Really? Like, okay. And I thought, okay, this is good. Let's brand it and push it harder. Okay. And then I found out the company also made a ukulele stand. Okay. And that's, I don't know if that's happening in the States, but it's, it's a booming in, in Australia, the ukulele. Um, so I thought there was less competition, so uh, I'll sell that as well. Sure. And then, um, yeah, two days after my shipment arrived for a thousand, like five hundred units of the stand and five hundred units of the ukulele stand, I got a an email through Seller Central, basically saying I was violating a, a patent and oh, wow. that referenced that patent number, and I was a bit concerned. You know, I thought, sure. oh, and then on the following Tuesday, I got a, a letter um, attached to an email. And it was from a U.S. Um, attorney. Okay. And they had all the patents attached and basically saying they knew everything. It was kind of shocked me. They knew my supplier. They had found the product at the, is it the NAM show in the States. Okay. Spoken directly with a person from this company basically saying, you're infringing on our patent. We don't want to see this in the states. And apparently, they they promised they wouldn't um, sell you know sell to the states or sell to anyone 
with the intention of selling to the states. Wow. Okay. Uh, but they but they sold to me, and they obviously they they knew I was shipping to the states. Huh. So I had to. Yeah, we. So what I, happens at that point? Because now you've got a thousand units. You got five hundred of each. And I guess the other question is: is what was really patented on it? Like. Was it the shape? Was it the the design? Was it? I mean, what was patented on it? Because I mean, I would just think a stand is a stand, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and there has to be usually yeah. something that's unique about it that makes it patented. Yeah. So the way it opened up and the way it um, maintained the balance. Okay. It had a unique kind of um, way that it opened out. Okay. And it had these sort of back um, little legs that would fold out as well okay that's what got me it was such a cool design yeah so long story short we after a lot of i mean i consulted with a patent lawyer here which cost me a fortune and then in the end i thought it's not worth it you know mm -hmm. it, I, we thought it'd be pretty hard for them to pursue me because i was based here but because they'd already gone to the trouble of getting an attorney to write to find me and write a letter sure i think they were pretty motivated so we just Decided, all right, I'm going to have to take this as a punch to the guts and lose. It was a big, it was about $10,000 sort oh, of wow. all up after all the. It's a big lesson right there. Yeah. So, you know, I could have thrown it in. Um, mm -hmm. So then I thought, all right, just got to get back on the horse. So what I did then was I decided I'd enter both Japan and America with the same product. And I didn't I sort of dump the whole guitar niche then. Okay. So then I went into um, pets. Okay. And I'm, I'm not selling this product either anymore, so I'm sort of happy to share. But it was um, a good quality pet bowl. Okay. Um, and we had sort of uh, variations in different sizes. And what was interesting with, with that product, we sort of sent them to both Japan and America at the same time, I actually made the equivalent of sort of $5,000 more quickly in Japan than I did in the States. Wow. And that was without uh, giving, any away, uh, giving any units away. So in Japan, we'll probably touch on this, but they don't have any of those re review groups. Okay. And a lot of products just don't have reviews. They'll wow. have... Under 10. Oh, wow. Um, so that was a real eye-opener for me. I thought, wow, you know, in, in the States, you've got to give away 50, 100, 200 units to sort of get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. But Japan, it was like, get, get it listed, optimize the listing, you, you're ranking, and you start to see sales. And ads convert really well. And the cost for clicks is incredible. It's so low for the products I've been selling. Okay. But so, I guess the, yeah, that, the question there is, is, is that I have is, okay, so you launched both products in there. What do you need in place? And I know we can go into deeper here, but what did you need? I mean, you were, were you living in Japan at the time? No, no. Did so, you have any type of um, address there or, or anything that would allow you to create a business or profile in Japan? No, so Amazon actually want want um, non-residents or non-Japanese to sell on Amazon Japan. 
So they're, they're quite supportive. The, uh, the only thing you need is either an importer of record okay, or something called an attorney of customs procedure. So an importer of record could be a friend. It could be, let's say you're married to a Japanese, so it could be an in-law. Okay. Or it could be maybe a business associate that you may have. And all they really do is represent you and pay for your, they pay for your customs duties. Okay. Sorry, your, your import duties and your consumption tax to pass, to have your shipment pass through customs. Gotcha. Okay. And all you have to do is make sure your, whatever you're going to sell on Amazon, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't break any local laws and it's not one of those products in the category of food or right, right. medicine. So, okay. But the person is responsible for what their, you know, your, your importer of record is responsible for what you're, you're exporting. So gotcha. what, what effectively what they're importing. So you obviously you got to do the right thing and make sure it's, um, it's all good for them. Right. And then were you shipping directly from your supplier to, to their warehouse? No, no. So I basically had a, a, my best friend in Japan act as my importer. Okay. And once we used DHL, so once he we did we did the paperwork. We used his address, um, his name as the importer of record. Once I had uh, the, the tracking telling me it had arrived in Japan, I had him call DHL and then find out all the duties and and tax the amounts. Then he, he actually sort of just paid that on my behalf. Okay. Then I sort of paid him later. And then, yeah, it's passed through customs and then it goes straight to Amazon. So you, so you don't have to ship to someone and then have them ship to Amazon. Okay. You can have it, you can have your shipment address to Amazon. You've just got to have someone represent you to have um, it passed through customs and, and that all the duties are paid. Okay. Okay. That's, that's very, that's very interesting. And I guess to set up your, you have to set up another account in a sense that is for your Amazon sellers account. That's for Japan though, correct? Yeah. I know you can connect them, but I, I did them separately. Okay. And yeah, but yeah, Japan is, I think the last six months, they revamp their English support pages and yeah because I've been seeing a a lot come through even on my regular um you know my regular seller's account that says hey sell on Japan you know I see it there okay you're seeing it too yeah because I wasn't sure if that was me because I was logging in out of of separate accounts but yeah Yeah. so lots of ads like saying get ready for Mother's Day or get ready for the yep yep yeah yeah well and I'm seeing it like like you said like for me like saying like hey we we know you sell in the states you know sell in Japan Mm. um so they're kind of like trying to get more I think people to start selling in Japan which is pretty interesting and and uh you know I think that uh it, it could be something that uh, you could tap into kind of like you've done um, where there isn't a ton of competition there. But again, do you just kind of guess that there's possibly sales there? Do you, do you do a test order? Do you, do you just use your gut and say, I think that it'll sell or do you run any type of, you know, research to see if anything that you're going to be selling in the States is going to be selling there? Like kind of take me through that real quick. So the, yeah, when I first did it, I just, I didn't go through, I mean, I, I sort of went through my gut and then 
with the knowledge I had, I, I looked at bestsellers and what products were small. And mm -hmm. Yeah, you did the whole thing. Did the whole thing. So I did the whole, all the stuff you talk, talked about. But the, yeah, there were no sort of, there's really no software that can help you with that except for um, actually a product you talked about and I looked into. It's AMZ Shark. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only product out there that has, that can pull in data from Japan. Um, and I've, I've tested it with my own sales and it seems to be accurate. Um, but all the, it, you know how it can find you keywords and all that sort of yeah. thing? It do, doesn't do that, but it can just, let's say you're looking at a competitor on Amazon Japan and you're thinking, well, my product's similar to this competitor. I want to know how many units they're selling a yeah. month. Yeah. You could find that out with AMZ Shark. Okay. Okay. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I think with Japan, you've, you've got a, I think you can't assume whatever you're selling in the States yeah. will sell really well as well in Japan. You've got to understand Japanese culture. They, sure. they like small things. They like cute things. Yep. They definitely want a quality product. Yep. Um, and then I guess the other thing that I would, that I would ask here is like, okay, so now do we have to have everything trans, uh, uh, well scribed or, you know, like, uh, translated into, you know, um, you know, their language. Yeah. So your listing has to be of course, in Japanese. Right? Yeah. So there's, there's all these pros and cons with, with, with it. So if we just look at a listing, you could say, man, how am I going to get that done? And will it be actually just translated or will it be optimized sure. for, for the sort of the Japanese buying mindset? And then you could think, okay, I'm going to have to find someone and spend some money on that. Sure. But most listings on Amazon are not optimized. Mm -hmm. If you go and have a look, you'll sure. see listings with two bullet points, right. no description. So there is definitely an opportunity to find, um, you know, a category and maybe a subcategory. And if you've got the right product and it's a quality product, um, yeah, you can think, well, it's worth the investment of, you yeah. know, getting it translated. Yeah, of course. Getting, yeah, getting yeah. And, that, and that's that's the hurdle. That and obviously setting up ads, yep. that would be hard. You could do auto campaigns, but ultimately you want to eventually do manual. Yeah. Well, and, and again, then, I'm, I'm thinking like that right there. Would you, I mean, just as a starter, would you do something where you would, you know, obviously like look at your competitors and maybe even do like a Google planner like we do here, but then just have those keywords um, translated and then use them in a campaign? I mean, that's kind of like me thinking off the top of my head, like how I would possibly do that without knowing, you know, the market. Would you do something like that? Or how, how would you tackle doing a manual campaign if you don't know the language? Yeah, so if I didn't know the language... I would probably try and find someone in my local area mm -hmm. who's Japanese, maybe mm -hmm. at a meetup or maybe a, a student, and see if they could, if I could sit down with them and say, "I want to sell this." What, what, you know, what are the words you use to describe this? Describe thing. this, yeah. yeah. And it's it's kind of really is. I mean, for me, I think it's almost the eighty twenty rule with ads. Sure. You know, twenty percent of your ads are going to really get eighty percent of your sales. Absolutely. So if you get the 
the top five keywords, you can sort of start to see the results and then eventually you can sort of download those reports and see what you're um, see what's going, yeah. See what people are typing in. Yeah. No, it's really so, that's really yeah. interesting. And I, I think like you said too, just to bring that point up again, like most listings aren't even optimized. And like you said, like if you see that like they have two bullets and they have like one line in the description, there's a pretty good chance that the back end isn't optimized either, right? Right. I mean when I did the pet bowls, I I started ranking on the top page within hours. Wow. So, and that wasn't super competitive to, you know, to sort of be honest, but it, it just shocked me. I thought, wow, I'm ranking third and I've put this up this morning. That's crazy. So, yeah, that made me think, man, Japan's, Japan could be the place for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, that, you know, there have been challenges uh, as well. So, um after I did that product, I jumped into a really super competitive niche and I found out that uh, Chinese, I think maybe the manufacturers are selling products in that niche because it's so um, so popular. Okay. So I'm, I'm learning as I go along, but yeah, so... You're, I think in the last couple of years, Chinese have realized they can, you know, probably sell their own products, mm-hmm. Chinese manufacturers, sure. and obviously Japan and China are sort of probably more related culturally and it would probably be easy for them to find someone who understands Japan and can write in Japanese or sure. work with Japanese. So, so, so with that being said, do you still think that it's, it's worth it? To, to sell on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, because I, I get, and I'm just saying that because I'll get people that'll ask that question. So I almost have to ask it for them because I get asked that same question. You know, Scott, do you still think Amazon is a, a place to sell? We've been hearing Amazon's going to start doing more of their own private labeling products. We've got Chinese, uh, you know, uh, you know, China coming in and and uh, taking their own products that they're selling to us and then they're going to undercut us. We got people, you know, Chinese that are hi- hijacking or, you know, people that are using them to hijack and all of that type of stuff. Like, what's your thought process in that? Um, I mean, do you, do you see less of that um, in, in the Japan market uh, place or do you see it more in the US? Like, give me a little bit of that and then we maybe we can dive into kind of like your strategy moving forward. Okay, sure. So, Japan, I think Japan is almost like how Amazon would like the marketplace to be. There's, there's none of these, there's not, I haven't seen a lot of hijacking. Mm-hmm. So I've seen no hijacking and I don't think it happens. Yeah, I'm sure it happens to some degree, but nothing on the scale of this, of um, dot com. Mm-hmm. And there's just none of these review groups. So, I know it's something we kind of have to do on .com to get the ball rolling. Sure. But when I can, I try to avoid it because um, I think a lot of people out there probably don't factor in the real cost of, you know, you, you pay for the product, you ship it, you pay the fees, you get, and you're effectively giving it away or you're selling it for a dollar. Mm-hmm. To recoup those that loss, you, you've got to sell a lot of um, stock, yeah, a lot yep. of your product. Yep. So um, it's one thing you just don't have to do in Japan if you're 
yeah, I mean, it, you can't do it because there are no review groups. And right, I, so it levels I even, the playing field, really. Yeah. And I even thought about trying to start one, and it's one of these cultural things. I've had mates, good friends in Japan, just basically say no to me. They just said, oh, I don't want to write a review. Okay. So for them, it's almost dishonest mm-hmm. or it, they're almost lying you know, yep. in a sense. And then I, I've had friends do it for me and <laughs> they would only give me four stars. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> it's like I'll do it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's such a cultural thing. And they said, look, I'll do it, but yeah, five stars is – just for them not the way to do it or they just think if if they do five stars no one's going to believe it because there's it's very hard to for Japanese to kind of say a, a product's five Perfect. stars yeah yeah they're like yeah. there isn't a product out there that's five star I, my my five stars are four star that's basically what yeah. they're saying yeah I, I get it a l- little bit more and, more critical and then you can you can consider shipping so if you if you have a, a good quality product and it's unique and it's made in China to ship it to Japan would be cheaper Okay. Um, cost per click is, I'm talking under 10 or 20 cents. Wow. For some com- really competitive products. So, wow. Oh, that's, that, that's really yeah. amazing. Um, and, you know, I've heard of it, but I've also heard like, like well, yeah, the cost per click is a, is a lot less, but there's not a lot of traffic. You know, you're, you're hearing that. But, you know, my thought process is, and again, moving forward, uh, you know, will be like, well, you know, yeah, but that's still okay. If it's, if that's not your main, you know, your main one, eventually we want to branch out and, and, you know, kind of launch our product against different marketplaces, not just, uh, even Amazon, but even the ones that are on Amazon, you can go to the different countries, you know, that are out there that are already there and taking that one product. Um, but again, it's, you know, you're, you're seeing pretty good results, um, by launching products on Japan and you see, uh, less competition. So that makes it, uh, you know, a little bit better for you. Even if the sales volume isn't as high as it could be, you're still seeing less competition, less headaches, all that stuff. So let me ask you this. If I was to say, hey, Nick, this sounds amazing, right? I got this one product. It's doing pretty well. I want to launch it on, on uh, Japan. What's my first step? Like, what do you what do you tell me? Like, we're, we're right now we're privately having that cup of coffee that I always talk about. And I'm like, Nick, I want to take that product. I want yeah. to get it launched. What do I do, man? So I would, this is what I'd do. I'd say... Other than say, hey, let me let me yeah. let me let me pay you a couple grand and you can do it for me, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. I mean, that, that would be easy, right? We could do that. Uh, but if if I didn't have that two grand uh, or yeah. whatever, right, your, whatever cost it would be, because you're not for sale. But yet, you know, like, what would you tell me as a as a friend? You know, like Scott, th- this is what I would do, man. This is this. Yeah. Is what so I if would you do. yeah, if you wanted to fast track it, I would say you can go and use Camel Camel Camel. Okay. So you, first, you'd have to try and get get a get a Japanese person to basically tell you how to write your product. In, so I could go to like, pr- I, I could probably go to like Upwork or I could go to a, a freelance site like that. Couldn't I? And find someone yeah, you that could, could go help to Fiverr, or, Fiverr yeah, one of them, or, right? Maybe, you know, maybe some, maybe someone knows a, a Japanese person. So you find out what your product is, how it's written in Japanese. Yep. And it, it can be written in either kanji or katakana or hiragana. So you'd want to get that sorted. And then I would, uh, yeah, use that and use your knowledge and go on Amazon J- Japan and they do offer it in English. Okay. You can toggle it to English and then find a few top sellers and then 
grab the free trial of um, AMZ Shark and you could put those products in and you'd get a, a fair idea of how many they're selling um, a day or a month. Okay. And then if you think, okay, they're selling 300, 600, 1,000 units a month, this is worth a crack, I would send, if you're working with your supplier, you could probably get them to send 100, 200 units to Japan. Okay. And just, I guess, if you're happy to risk a few hundred bucks, maybe 500 bucks on, on testing whether you can expand your brand to Japan, um, yeah, send a small shipment, get someone on Upwork to write the listing. Um, I, I guess the struggle is with the advertising, but you'd probably want to try and find a Japanese to sit down with and help you set up the advertising. And one thing you've got to factor in or consider is one of the requirements of selling on Amazon Japan is you've got to be able to provide customer support in Japanese. Oh, okay. So if you do get, let's say you've sold your product and they've asked a question about it or someone sent you a question, you've got to be able to reply to that. Mm, that's a good point. So that's that's another hurdle. Um, but, I mean, the, all these hurdles make it harder. They make it much harder for people to to expand to Japan. And I'm just thinking on something like that, would it, would I be able to take their, their, uh, email and then, you know, transcribe it or, you know, translate <laughs> it and then try to respond back? I mean, could I do that? Or is that like way, way, uh, you know, like harder than it? No. Than it so has. Google translate just wouldn't be able to do that. Cause one thing about the, the way Japanese communicate, especially when it's a service-based, um, relationship, they use extremely polite um, set phrases and language. So it'd be very hard to, you just couldn't, couldn't do it. Copy, could copy and paste their email into Google Translate. So you, you'd need help with that. But what I'm finding is you, you don't get a lot of inquiries. Okay. Most of the time, any exchange we have is because we were following up with someone who's either refunded. Okay. Or we're actually using a service where we, it's similar to Feedback Genius, sort of a Japanese version where we automate emails. Okay. So you don't get a lot of um, inquiries. Um, so what would be what would be a way that I could get over that hurdle? Would it be that I would hire someone on a part-time basis like a VA and have them go in once a day and check my emails to see if I had anything come through? Would that be a way that I could get around that? Yeah, so you'd, you'd want to get... a uh, a VA, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be having them go in daily. I mean, you could probably use. I'm just wondering if you could use um, their email account. Okay. To have any um. And then it just gets fed to them, and if they have to respond, to they could respond. But there's there there are service providers listed on Amazon that offer translation or. Okay. So it's um, it's something you you've got to consider. But if you're, I mean, really, you've got to be doing quite well on .com to okay. consider expanding probably to Japan. Okay. But at the same time, understand most people won't do it. No. And even Japanese, most Japanese, 
they're not like us in in the states or in Australia. They don't have that entrepreneurial drive, mm-hmm. and they're not risk takers. So your average Japanese is not going to quit a job mm. to take a risk on a business, yeah, um, because they value life employment. Um, it'd be very hard for a Japanese to say, you know, I quit my job to to sell on Amazon. And there's no education. There's no mm-hmm. hardly any courses like, um, you know, that or podcasts, the stuff you do, mm-hmm. teaching Japanese how to sell on Amazon. So hmm. okay, it's that. That's why it's not such a crowded market. Okay, um, like and some, for someone like us to do it, it's gonna you're gonna jump through some hoops. Yeah, you know, for sure, you know, and there's some obstacles there that we've already discovered. And I think that, you know, I we might have had a 100 people, let's say, that were interested. And right now we might have two right yeah. after we've went through those obstacles. And I get it. Right. I mean, even me hearing some of those, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm not really sure. But then my next question would be like, OK, well, Nick, what do I have to be selling to make myself say maybe I should look at selling this, you know, in Japan? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, is it 10 units a day? Is it five units a day? Is it 100 units a day? Like, when does that make sense to me to start thinking about doing that? And you're talking like, you know, if you're willing to risk like four or 500 bucks, I think that's, I mean, if someone's not willing to risk four or 500 bucks in this case, then you shouldn't think about it. But I'm talking like, if I said to myself, I'm willing to risk a couple grand, right? To give it a go. Um, you know what I mean? Like, if you're willing to to take that risk, I mean, when is the time that you would say, you know, you know what? You should give it a go. So I think with your yeah, if you're selling on Amazon.com, um, you've got to be you want to be drawing. I guess you want to reach that goal where you're drawing uh, income. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'd love to say yeah, just go and have a crack, right? But I think yeah, you've got to be successful on either .com or .uk to. To then divert energy and money to selling on Japan, because gotcha. um, you, you you'd understand the model. So mm-hmm. you, you if you understand the model, you'd know you can apply it to other right. marketplaces. Now, in Japan, just there's a little bit more work involved, oh, of but course. there's less competition. Less yeah. competition, and that that's I guess that's the I guess that's the attractive piece, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but if if I was starting out maybe brand new. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll just start on Japan. What's your thoughts on that? Look, I would do that. And I've, I've helped a friend sell on Japan. But what they offer is uh, a, a product made here in Australia. So you could certainly, I would certainly say if you've got, a, and he's actually already selling in um, stores in Japan, but he wow. wasn't selling online. Okay. But Look, if you're interested in Japan and you've you've gone to the US, you've gone to on Amazon.com and you thought, ah, oh, look, there's there's too much competition, or I'm going to have to give away, you know, hundreds of units to compete. You could look into Japan and consider it, and as long as you make a solid, educated guess and sure. do a little bit of research, you yeah. could say. I'm going to try Japan because, as I mentioned before, I was selling the same product and I did sort of reach $5,000 on Japan faster than 
the US. Wow. Uh, okay. That's and, interesting. Yeah. So there, there's lots of pros and cons, but I wouldn't go and risk, you know, I, I wouldn't do what I did in enter multiple uh, niches. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that's a problem with experienced marketers. They think, oh, man, I'm going to give this a really hard crack and that's what I did. I went to multiple niches at the same time on two platforms. Yep. On two marketplaces. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, I mean, this is interesting. I think anyone listening, uh, it does it gets you excited a little bit because there's that opportunity that's there. And as an entrepreneur, we always, you know, we get excited about opportunities. I mean, heck, I am right now. My wheels are turning. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? But in the same breath, I also say that, you know, you need to stay on on course, right? And, you know, if you're just starting right now, you got your product up up and running on, on uh, you know, uh, .com, you know, for you know, Amazon.com, then stay there, like you said. And like you said, Nick, it's like stay there, stay on track until you get to a certain level where you feel it might be the time to move over. Um, you know what I mean? Um, the other quick question I want sure. to ask you is how does it work that if I'm selling there, okay, um, in Japan and I get paid there, where does that money go and how does that get translated to our currency and all that stuff? Yeah. So again, Amazon are really keen on helping sellers. So they, they'll pay you directly to your bank account oh. in your local currency. Okay, so you just kind of links up your account to to where it's just going to make that that conversion and that transfer. Yeah, so you, it's signing, getting an account's easy. You can do the whole process in English, and then they just basically ask you your bank account. Wow! So you don't you don't need to use you don't have to create a new LLC or anything like that. No. You can just use your existing. You don't need to use World First or, but then yeah, you'd, you'd have to consider. Obviously, exchange rate mm-hmm. and and all that sort of things. But I think if you, I mean, if you, this business stock sells relatively quickly. Sure. So, um, so yeah, there's they Amazon Japan is really wanting to get sellers to to expand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're they're making it easier, and yeah, you can get paid in your local bank account in you know us dollars that's awesome that's awesome and you're saying too if we wanted to if we're like if i'm in the u.s if i wanted to directly ship um i could do that i would just have to have that uh you know that person that's there that's allocated for me um to basically receive goods on my behalf yeah import a record or um customs uh, attorney of customs procedure and yeah it's import a record if you can find someone that's that's the way to go because the attorney of custom procedure would take paperwork and it takes a few weeks to get that process sorted out okay no this is this is a really great uh topic i'm so glad i had you on and it's making me think that i'm gonna have to twist your arm and have to get some more information um out of you so uh, we might have to do that um at a later date yeah we can uh maybe get you to actually construct something to kind of lead us through and help us through that so um totally uh we'll definitely be doing that you got my wheels turning um my other my last question that i want to ask you because you do come from the online you know selling products online space before even the amazon uh you know boom here um 
what's your thoughts moving forward? Are you thinking of building something externally to your brand that you're launching on Amazon? Um, what is your thought process there as far as, you know, the future for you and, and your products, your brands? So, yeah, with Amazon.com, um, I'm, I'm really taking a long-term approach mm-hmm. and I'm building out a range of related products. Okay. And I've basically, to support that product, I've already got a, a website, like an authority site sure. up and ranking. Um, so I don't, I don't think um, the sort of the one-hit wonder mm. is the way to go. Right. It's, it, I'm sure it still happens. It's just too, too hard. So, too risky, right? Yeah, it's too risky. So, I mean... Amazon's a business, but it's it's kind of a business you can't own a hundred percent. So I think um, the way to go is to, would be to yeah build out a niche commerce uh, website. Yep, and build a brand. You know, build a brand and a range of products. And if that's if that does really well in the states, then I mean a lot of people are expanding to the UK and to Germany, yep. and then. You know, you could also try Japan. Yep. Um, yep. No, I like it. I, I just yeah. wanted to kind of dig in there because, I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll they'll say to me, Scott, well, you know, it's so saturated and there's so much competition and, uh, you know, what happens if Amazon shuts my account down? And those are all, you know, they're all concerns, you know, I think that we all should have. But in the same breath, I think there's always going to be competition. I think it's always going to be, uh, you know, harder to get into like the thing, right? But in the same breath, nothing has really changed since I've started online. It's like if you can build a brand or if you can build a sales funnel that leads to, you know, good content that helps people through whatever that product is that helps them and educates them and builds an email list from that. I mean, that's just like, to me, that's like basic one-on-one marketing, but yet you can yeah. go really, really next level with that stuff too. And Amazon is a platform. Amazon is that channel that we're using right now because it's easy to get a product up and running with no website, no blog, none, none of that stuff and yeah. validate and verify. And then I think you can put your efforts into doing the other stuff that we both know works really well. So, um, that's, yeah, I agree. I- yeah. I mean, I'm excited about that part of it. Yeah, we're so lucky to be able to test a business or a product with, you know, $500 or $1,000 investment. Imagine trying to do it 20 years ago. So, yeah. And I think people need to look at it as as a business. Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing is is what you can learn from doing it. So, you might do this for a few years and then end up doing something like you're doing, helping other people yep. and turn that into a business or you could coach people. Yep. So a lot of the stuff I've done, I've ended up turning all the knowledge I've acquired, I've, I've turned into either coaching or, you know, information products. So it's it's not just the business. You could take the, the knowledge and sell that. So Yeah, absolutely. A- absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think, you know, before you can ever teach or coach or, or, you know, guide someone, be a consultant, whatever it is, you have to do it and you have to, yep. you have to get results. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the key. That's what it's been for me all the way back to when I was doing the photography business and then turning that into helping people in that space because you've already done it. I mean, you got to have, you do have to have the personality as well. 
Um, I don't think anyone can just kind of hop on and start teaching. You got to have the personality. But if you're willing to help people, even if you were to do it privately, and that's what I always tell people, like you're learning every single day that you do something. You're learning something, right? Whether it's good or bad, you're learning something. And the only time that you're going to stop learning is when you stop doing. So you have to keep doing it. That's my whole model, right? Take action. Just take action and you're going to get results. And those results might be, you know, that email that you got of that cease and desist, right? It could be, (laughs) right? You learned a ton. You're still here. You know, you're okay, right? You got to, yeah, you got to learn to take some punches because I've had, I've had other, I've had um, other problems and you, you just get over them. I had um, I had three similar products ship at the same time to Amazon, and they were mislabeled. About a couple of hundred units were mislabeled, and Amazon was sending out the the wrong product. Wow! And so a customer would get the the wrong product and mm-hmm. send it back, and then they'd get sent out the wrong product again, and so it. Yeah, it meant, oh man, I've got to deal with all this custom support issues and do I do I you know compensate them and send them a unit free of cost? So problems will happen too. So you've got to be resilient and you've got to be very logical. Yeah. You can't be too emotional. You can be mm-hmm. excited and positive, but you've got to make sound decisions and realize, okay, I took a hit today or it's been a bad month, so you've got to, yeah, you can't give up. You've got to move on. Move on. Yeah, M- move on, learn from it, and understand that, you know, you're going to have these these situations come up and just also just figure out that, or after you figure it out, understand that you're also learning during that that struggle or that up or down or whatever you had. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I'm perfect, perfect, uh, you know, example of that myself numerous times. You know, I've done things yeah. that just didn't do well, um, and I could have just stopped, right, and said, you know what, it's going to be easier just to, you know, work for someone, right? And that's just not me. You know what I mean? I just, and you and I talked a little bit before we got on here. It was like, yeah. I, you know, we just, that's just not in my DNA anymore, right? Just, I can't do it. Um, so I'll find a way. Um, and I think that if you have, and I've talked about this, your why, finding your why, um, once you find that, you know, then you're going mm. to push through those different obstacles because you're going to call, always refer back to your why. My why is I don't want to work for someone so I can be with my family when I want to be with them, right? That's yep. my why. So it's strong. Um, so, um, anyway, Nick, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate it. This has been awesome. I have a feeling cool. that I'm going to have you back on because awesome. I want to really dig into <laughs> the actual step by step and maybe even a case study or I don't, I don't know what we can do, but we can do something sure. where, um, I would love to learn more about this and, um, and even sample it myself. So, um, you got my wheels turning. That's always good. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I know that we'll have more questions uh, moving forward. So once again, I just want to thank you. If you have any last little bits of parting advice that you would give someone that's just thinking about getting into this Amazon game. Um, what would be my advice? Take your time and, and, and think if you really want it and, don't get caught up into the hype. Mm. Remember, it's a business, but if you take it's taking this step and doing something different, if you've never done it before, it really could be your way to you know financial freedom or happiness or control. So think, but don't don't overthink about it. Just have a have a shot, and even if it 
even if you don't succeed, you'll you'll learn something, and that could take you somewhere else. But mm. I think life's life's too short for you to be stuck in a job where you're unhappy or you. If you want a bit of freedom, you've got to take a bit of risk. So oh, yeah. that's that's what I'd say. And I'd say, have a crack. The worst that can happen is you you lose a little bit of money, right. you know, and yep. but you learn a whole lot. And yeah, I'd just like to say. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, and I, you know, I'll probably be listening to you tomorrow morning <laughs> in the car. <laughs> but love your enthusiasm, and yeah, you're a great mentor, and I love your your you have integrity, you're honest, you don't hype it up. So if anyone's listening to you, you know, I'm sure they're going to be having a shot at this uh, Amazon business anyway. So. I appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome, Nick. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you taking me in the car with you uh, as well <laughs> uh, or wherever you go, maybe in the airplane. Uh, but yeah, I, I do appreciate that. And, uh, it, you know, this is uh, this to me is everything, being able to really connect with the listeners and then having someone like you that you, you've got another angle that you're working and then being able to learn from you. And when I started this podcast, that was a big reason why I wanted to start it, right, is to be able to connect with people like you. So, you know, mission accomplished here, and I really awesome. do yeah. look forward to uh, to uh, getting to know you more and also um, hopefully learning more from you as well. So once again, Nick, Absolutely. thank you so much. I appreciate it, and have an awesome night. It's it's after midnight where you are right now, so get to bed, man. Yeah, it's 1 o'clock now, <laughs> so I better get to bed. You better get you better get to bed. It's uh, 11 o'clock uh, in my time as we're recording this a.m., so I think I'm going to go take a walk, um, and uh, we'll just come back and get a little lunch. So, all right, Nick, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch, man. Thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks, mate. Bye. All right, so there you have it, right? I wasn't kidding. I mean, I don't know about you, but my wheels are spinning, and uh, as soon as I got off of that, I, I kept thinking to myself, like, this is another great opportunity for us. Now, the other thing that I need to bring up is, well, sometimes that's a bad thing, right? Because once you're on a path and you are not like at the end of that path or even past that sprint that you might be doing, you guys have heard me talk about that, your 90-day sprint, your you know, your three-month sprint or your yearly goals, whatever. If this doesn't align with what you're doing right now, put it on the shelf for right now, okay? And I have to do that a lot. Put it on the shelf, come back to it when the time is is right for you because if you start dabbling in too many things, you'll probably get overwhelmed and it might slow the progress down, okay? So we don't want to do that. So I just want to put that straight, straight out there. Definitely, definitely stay the course. Stay wherever you are right now. But if you are at that level where you can do this and you heard us talk about like when is the right time, you'll know, right? When that is the right time, then you start looking into this a little bit further. And like I said, in the future, I hope to have him back on again and we can dig it, you know, kind of dig into this a little bit deeper and maybe even have um, maybe some services that he could recommend to us that we could use because I think there's some things in there that we have to we have to do that we wouldn't necessarily have to do. One thing I will bring up, and we didn't even talk about this, but I've been hearing a lot of people even say that in the U.S. space, like you know Amazon.com, that in the back end, having some of your uh, back end keywords transcribed or, or you know uh, what am I trying to say here, where you have them translated? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Where you have them translated into Spanish or other languages, um, that can also help your search. In this case, I don't know about that, but what I'm saying is is when you're able to take your product and bring it across other marketplaces, Amazon that is, uh, you can tap into those markets with just having the same product. You just might have to do a little bit of tweaking to the product details or the, the instructions or the measurements or any of that stuff. So anyway, really, really awesome conversation with Nick and I want to thank him once again. He's a cool guy, just 
love talking to him and I could talk to him for another couple of hours, I'm sure. So if you guys want to download the show notes or the transcripts to this episode, which you probably will want to, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 213 and you can grab everything there, all right? Now, if you guys are brand spanking new, and you guys are just you know coming to the podcast for the very first time or maybe the first week and now you're jumping ahead and you're listening to this one right here i don't want you to get overwhelmed okay i want to stress that if you want to go through the exact steps that i now teach but i also go through on every single product launch that i do you're going to want to attend our live workshop. And what I do there is I, I go through those five phases, okay, and how to launch your product, how to do all of the things up to the point of launch and then after the launch. And we also do live Q&A. And I do a workshop, a live workshop, where I break that all down. I would love to invite you to that. You can register for an upcoming one by visiting theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. If you go there, you can register for an upcoming one, and then from there, we can we can hang out, right? We can we can come together, I can teach you for an hour, and then we can do some live Q&A on there as well. And we have just a lot of fun doing that, so I would love for you to attend. So that's it, guys. That's pretty much going to wrap it up. I want to remind you guys one more time that I'm always here for you, I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.